All right. Real Church Matters Podcast. This is Forrest Hall. I'm here with Antoinette Allen of LikewiseLife.com. Hey, guys. That's, of course, her blog. You can follow her on Instagram at... Likewise. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go do likewise. Go do likewise. Twitter at... Go do likewise. And Facebook. Likewise Life. All that, all that. So, um... Of course, with the podcast where you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, just search Real Church Matters, leave a review, a comment, rate it, rate it. Yeah, even rate it like um, that stuff matters because what we're really trying to do is get it to as many people as possible. We've been getting some great feedback, so thanks. Absolutely. Um, The second bit of business is... uh, you can go by the website as well now. So realchurchmatters.com. Nice. You can go on there and it'll directly put you in the place where these episodes are. And hopefully soon I'll have uh, show notes. But I put those in the description already, some of them. But there, there'll be some show notes that kind of detail a little bit more of the scriptures and some of the other thoughts that go behind the subjects. Because there's a lot of thorough studying that goes with these things. But moving forward, today's podcast will be about uh, taming the mind. Um, Antoinette uh, did a blog recently and I read it and I was like, hey, let's talk about this. Why not? <laughs> yeah, my blog, it kind of felt more like an appetizer than anything. After I read it again, I'm like, this is. It's a lot more to expound on. Absolutely. I, I think so. And so that's what we'll talk about today is taming the mind. The mind is a amazing thing. It's a mysterious thing, and it definitely is a terrible thing to waste. And hopefully we'll get into uh, how we can do a better job of taking care of our minds. I hear a lot of stuff about self-care lately. Oh, my gosh. Self-love. Um, self-love, self-care. I feel like if you're not taking care of your mind, if you're not in your right mind, if you're not dealing with the things of your mind and you're not really caring for yourself, uh, d- definitely. So starting off, I, I would love to just kind of prime some of the listeners who may not have read the blog and might not be familiar with it. Just give a little backstory to what brought you to write about this and then tell me a little bit about the blog sure um well basically it came from I really didn't know what I was going to write about but um I started just easily getting frustrated by things like people would say small things and it would trigger so much emotion and frustration out of me and that's when I started to think about like what is wrong with me like what's what's going on I couldn't sleep I was feeling restless. I was, you know, all over the place in my head. And I just started to um, to to talk about that more with um, people around me. And, um, you know, even with you, you started to share scriptures with me. And it just reminded me the importance of keeping my mind, you know, in, in my word, keeping my mind on the things that I say I believe in because I feel like because I— went so long without doing it it caused this this build up so i just kind of decided to write about it um 
yeah, it's it's been bothering me that I'm getting older. My birthday is in May. You know, I haven't done as much with my life as I thought I would have by now. And it just got to me. And I didn't even know it. But So share a little bit of, about the the actual writing um, that you did. Maybe you could share an excerpt or, or two of some of the pieces or por- parts that you thought were um, uh, definite solutions that helped you through that process. Um, first and foremost was... Um, I would say staying in my word Um, because like I said, you you get caught up in life. You get caught up in so many things that you kind of get out of control. Your mind gets kind of out of control. And Philippians 4 and 6 through 7 was like the main crux of the uh, piece, which says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this really spoke to me because I feel like Christians deal with anxiety. Well, everybody deals with anxiety, but I feel like Christians more because we're so out of control. You know, we believe there's a God that's in control of us and that we're susceptible to more anxiety because of that. So if we don't remind ourselves who is in control... Hmm. We we kind of there's so much in that scripture. It's interesting. But what I would like to do at this time is uh, I read the blog and I kind of made some points that I thought were interesting. Number one, uh, you said I'll be 27 and I feel like and I think that starting there was interesting. Like that's your first sentence and like five words in you've already kind of pinpointed what the problem is for a lot of Christians, which is how we feel Mm -hmm. still takes preeminence over everything in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's it's subconscious. Yeah. But if we dissect our language, that's why I love writing things down. If we dissect our language, we will see that our language is me centered. Mm -hmm. It's not like you said, I'll be 27 and I was, you know, (laughs) obeying God and in my work. Like I feel. And then (laughs) we can wax poetic about it because I'm just looking at this like I can just go on and on. Oh, you can go on and on. That's how I feel. (laughs) That's what, you know, people write memoirs and they're they're so eloquent and they write uh, stories of tragedy and be so eloquent Mm -hmm. because we can find ourselves in ourselves. And in ourselves way too much. And so uh, scripture to go with that is Genesis 6 and 5 says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man and it was great in the earth and that every intention of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at this heart. This heart is uh, constantly moving, pushing and working as a muscle. Uh but not the heart that's beating in your chest, the one that's in your mind. Right. It's a muscle. It's moving. It's doing things physically, sending synapses, uh, electrical impulses to places. But at the end of the day, it also houses an immaterial you that is constantly caring about you. you. Mm-hmm. Not the spiritual you, no. but the physical you. They say that uh, humans and animals have one primal instinct, and that's survival. And you, in order to survive, you have to be me, me-centered. Mm-hmm. You, especially when you feel like survival is in your hands. Like, yeah. I have to take care of myself. And you said, I'll be 27. 
almost in a way to say it like that is like it's all inclusive like, like it's just like you doing it mm-hmm. like i'll be 27 mm-hmm. like no i mean you'll be 27 and you feel like what do you feel like well i feel like this and i feel like that mm-hmm. that is part of our issues of our heart yeah. is it our thoughts are constantly towards ourselves and since we're constantly thinking about ourselves what does that lend us to do Constantly think about ourselves. Right. So and what everything does that, that comes yes, along everything with that it. comes along with it. So what does that mean? That means I'm constantly thinking about what I am and what, what I'm, I'm not. not. I'm t- constantly thinking about what I have and what, and what I, I, don't. I don't. Constantly thinking about how I look and how how I look compares with that how everybody else looks. Yeah. I'm always looking at my lack, my imperfection. I'm rehearsing it. I'm aware of it. Fully aware. I inhale it. I exhale it. And as long as I'm rehearsing my lack, my imperfections, my needs, my wants, I will find it my desires and my expectations and my feelings will begin to move in a negative place. Yeah. You're going to move in a negative place. Uh, You moved on. You said, "I, I torture myself in my head about how much I have yet to accomplish. And I thought that was interesting because uh, Psalms 1, Psalms 1, let's just go to start at verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, people who see God as a joke. But verse 2 is important. It says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Because of this, because of what? Because of his meditation on the word, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that it does, it prospers. prospers. So you think about that word prosperous. Let's take this in reverse. You think about the word prosperous. You're talking about something that is living and thriving, mm-hmm. not alive yet depressed, mm-hmm. not alive and yet disjointed from God or feel less than, not a person at 27 who is feeling like they haven't accomplished enough, mm-hmm. who doesn't feel prospered, who doesn't feel connected. That person is not a tree by the water. Right. So if we're the tree, what's the water? The water the is God. God, yeah. And how do I connect myself to my source? By meditating on that source. Day and night. Day and night. See, you said taming of the mind. And what you're saying is, is that I rehearse the word. I think on things. This is not, uh, let's make sure we say this. <laughs> this is not positive reinforcement. No. This is not wish upon a star this is not self-affirmation this is not uh uh stuff out of affirmations out of a self-help book this is us reminding ourselves constantly of who god is through his word yes because everything else around us tells us otherwise so it's so important to to stay in it tells us otherwise yeah and so it's interesting how we can find ourselves in the position you were in so many times in our lives. 
But how do we stop it? You know what I mean? Because enough is enough. Yeah. How do we stop it? How do we stop going into these funks? You know? Mm-hmm. It's Because it's, uh, it's it feels like a setback almost. Like you feel like you're, you know, making progress and then you yeah. almost feel back to square one. Well, you didn't even touch on that. Like how did you feel like it was a it was a step back? Like Because I just I felt I felt like I was doing good. You know, I started doing the blog. I started articulating myself more about my beliefs and stuff. Like, I really felt like I was gaining some momentum. And then I found myself in a hole, like, all over again. You rem- <laughs> you feel like how you felt before you got saved almost. Right. And so I, I think that what happens there is, like you said in your, your the beginning, you said these thoughts have been flooding my mind, causing me to feel lethargic. Another sentence down, you said, I felt inspired to do and the pressure I put on myself to actually execute it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that was interesting that a lot of times as being a Christian, we will seek God for inspiration, but are never truly inspired to seek him. Mm-hmm. And it happens like all of a sudden we start feeling God inspired to do things and then we get so caught up in doing it. We're no longer inspired to do what caused us to be inspired. Right. It was my seeking God that caused him to entrust me with something. Mm-hmm. But then I said, thanks, God, and just forgot about seeking him. Because I found something that felt right, found something that completed me in a way. Or it, like you said, but when it started, it, it had that initial... Intention. The, yeah, the initial intention was a person who had no clue that a blog ever existed. The, the, the initial person had no desire to do a podcast mm-hmm. or to preach a sermon <laughs> or to write a book mm-hmm. or whatever else we do to amplify the signal of the message that God has pressed upon our hearts. Before those things ever materialized, it was just a person who didn't know where their life fit and wanted God to guide them. Mm-hmm. And how do you remain there is that you're constantly focused on him. Even though he gives you things to do, you never let the thing be greater than the person who gave it. Mm-hmm. You never let the resource be greater than the source. Mm-hmm. The gift greater than the giver. Yep. That's how we continue to find ourselves not in a place where... I'm doing the things that God asked me to do and why now I could barely do it. I I don't have the zeal, the passion, because all of that comes from being the tree by the water. Right. Not the tree who got some water and was, was like, like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. I got what I need for the day. No, but that tree who, because he's by the water, right. produces a fruit that serves a purpose. That's right. But uh, that's the problem with Christians. I feel like it's like you said, we, we want that water just to do what we got to do, just to make it through the day and to get us out of one suffering, you know, instead of it being a constant engagement with God, we we lose it. We start to lose it because we're shifting the focus. That's part of taming the mind. Mm -hmm. Taming the mind is all about keeping the focus Mm -hmm. on God. When we keep the focus on God, the mind is at ease. When the focus isn't on God, Mind is restless. Let's talk about that thing, restless, because you see it a lot in people. 
they even have a, a name for it. Some people call it ADHD. Some people just say that they have, you know, they're just nervous or they're part of their personality. They can't sit still. Right. Or but, even people who are insomniacs, like they can't sleep at or night. Or can't sleep. There are tons of people who can't sleep at night. And these aren't people that's up all times of the night working on something. No. They're just sitting up. They're constantly on the Internet. They, they, they don't even realize how restless they are and how part of it is because they they're at the same time while being restless they're tired mm-hmm. yeah. that's the interesting thing but it becomes a thing of where is your tree planted yeah so you see your mind the place of your mind dictates the growth of your mind mm. if your mind isn't in the right place it won't grow so a lot of these people who are frustrated, lethargic, lost their zeal, they're not inspired. They have removed themselves from the source. Mm-hmm. How? Because they don't meditate on the word. That person who's restless should probably take that time and start reading their word. Yeah. Instead, we they meditate on, like we said in the beginning, all the things wrong with them, all the things that... All the things wrong. Make them frustrated. And here's the thing. Then they start to focus on the things that will make them feel better. Right. Not the things that will solve the issues. Mm -hmm. See, because we go to God because he becomes our salve, our healing stream. He's our solution. But some people want their problems solved. Some people want to forget their problem. Mm. And when you find yourself... Restless, frustrated, anxious, lethargic, you find a person who is now looking for stimuli. And that's when you get in some real dangerous territory. Absolutely. The insomniac doesn't open up its Bible. The insomniac flips open its laptop. The insomniac flips on the TV. You know, it's, it's interesting to me. You will hear people overwhelmed one moment. At their situation, their life, crying, depressed, sad, frustrated, angry, and in the very same breath talking about the reality shows. Yeah. So, I, so I'm, I'm listening to the fruit of your tree and then I get to listen to the water that you have allowed yourself to be connected to. Yeah. You're like, oh, things just ain't working out. I'm just so angry all the time. Then you're like, hey, did you see Bad Girls Club? Did you see? You consume all this stuff that that produces that product. It produces death. It's not. Here's the thing. This is why right and wrong is so such an interesting conversation. We'll probably have that conversation another day. But let's leave right and wrong and let's talk about life and death. Changes the whole conversation. Yeah. What are you putting in you? And is it producing life in you or death? Yeah. But here, Because here's the thing. What's death? Anything that is not life. If it doesn't produce growth, even a millimeter of growth or whatever unit of measurement we uh, uh, will subscribe growth to in our lives. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't produce some semblance of growth in your life, then it is deadly to your life. All right. Nothing is ever still in a stasis. Our bodies, electrons, neutrons, they're constantly moving. They're either positive or negative. They're either teeming with life or they're dry and devoid of life. We have to choose what we're connecting ourselves to so we can produce 
life. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. He said, you got to be that tree planted by the rivers of water so that you are not withering and that you are producing a fruit. You are prospering. Mm -hmm. God wants to see his people prosper. That goes deeper than money. He wants to see you prosper. That goes deeper than your house and your car and your kids and your dog and your two garages and your backyard. Prospering is in your right mind. He said he did not give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and, and a sound mind. mind. And that that touched me, too, because I, I when I was writing this, I started thinking about what God did to my mind. Like, people always talking about getting saved and the blood of Jesus Christ and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what he did was changed your mind. He showed you a, a reality that, that changed everything in your life. And, and that's... The, that was for me the greatest miracle of all time. Yeah. Share another excerpt from the the blog. Um, you have some. I, I'll say some while you're looking for that. Okay. It, it's uh, the another part of what you said is I I had my mind filled up with so many bad thoughts, thinking about all the wrong that there was no room for good in my mind. I got frustrated over stupid things. I changed. I needed to change my mind. And so when we talk about changing our minds, it is a process that is as simple as what we put in it. Mm-hmm. Just as simple as if you want to change your physical body, you change what you put in it. You want to lose weight, you change what you put in your in your mind, in your body. You're changing what you put in your body. If you want to change your mind, you're changing what you put in your mind. Psalms 19, 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to your sight. Mm-hmm. This is the writer saying, I, I want my mind to be changed. So I'm going to change two things about me. I'm going to change the meditations of my heart. And I'm going to change the words of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And one thing gives its way to the other. The words of my mouth will change when I change the intentions of my heart. That's the meditations of my heart means the intentions of my heart. It will change. Second Corinthians 10 and 5 says we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That, that's the active part of this. When people will say, yeah, you're saying a lot of stuff, man. But how do I tame my mind? You tame your mind by telling it that it's wrong. Yep. He said, every opinion that your mind raises against the knowledge of God, a.k.a. every opinion that your mind raises that is against the word of God. You put it down. Or even anything that like contradicts what you believe, because it's like for me, it's like this is what I believe. But why out of me? Why are these thoughts coming at the same time? You know, yeah, they're coming. They're clashing. Yeah, It it definitely goes with our last podcast, but this goes a little bit more deeper into it. In order for you to understand what it means to believe, you have to understand what it means to not believe. Mm hmm. So when I cast down an opinion in my mind that presents itself against God, what I'm saying is, is I believe in God so much that I don't believe in this. 
<laughs> it's like a dude when he gets married to a woman, he is unwittingly or maybe wittingly saying to every other woman, "Don't bother." Right. It, it's a. It's, it, that's what it should mean. Yeah. <laughs> now here's here's the thing: the act of doing that is not the same as him living out that belief. Mm-hmm. Now, if a woman still engages him, even though he is married. For whatever reason, he has to make a decision based on what he believes. Do you believe in your marriage more than you believe in this woman that is as real as the day is long right in front of you? Mm-hmm. And it is down to do whatever. She's very real. But how real is she in connection to the beliefs right. that you have within your heart? Those beliefs aren't as tangible as that woman. Because mm-hmm. you wrap your arms around that woman and she going to feel it more real than the belief of your marriage. Yeah. And I'm using that as an example, That's but that goes to everything. Yeah. You be you being 27, what are you going to believe about you? Right. We could be so caught up in the fact of what we don't have or have that we don't understand it. His reality must be greater than what we don't have or have. Yeah. That's why he said that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Against it. Here's the thing. It's not saying that even that it doesn't exist. Right. It's we, there. <laughs> we're not even acting that way. We're, faith is not delusional. Faith is not about people being deluded into thinking something doesn't exist. Yeah. If you... Are 27 and you're not where you want to be in your life. I got to accept that. You, you got to accept that you are not where you wanted to be in your life. But your the how does the word fit in? You start to realize that how where I want to be in my life mm-hmm. is of no consequence. Yep. It is more where God wants me to be in his life that he gave me. to me. It's not about my desires. It's not, it's it's not, not about, about where my I, desires I thought anymore. I would be. Yeah. yeah. It's not anymore. That means your statement was real, but just real in this world. Yep. Now, with your new set of beliefs that you have been rehearsing and meditating on, mm-hmm. that statement changes. Yep. The reality of it didn't change, but how you look at it, that reality yep. has changed. And it changes my actions. I don't feel lethargic. I feel excited. You feel excited because you're <laughs> like, yo, I, even where I'm at, I didn't plan. Because his thoughts are not my thoughts. Right. His ways are not my ways. He knows better than me. Yep. I shared with somebody earlier this week. You, you, we, we get so caught up in being adults that we don't understand. There's a, there's a great place in just being a child. And you may think you've grown. And you may think, tw- I'm 27. You said it as if it was, it was old. Mm-hmm. You said it as if it was a, 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 you should be at a certain stature, a place in your life. <laughs> I mean, it's subjective. It's, I mean. uh, yeah, it's subjective. So let me subject you to something. <laughs> Take your 27 years old and stand it up next to eternity. Yeah. How very, old very are you teeny. now? How old are you now? <laughs> not even a day. You, you, you're not yeah. even a day. You're a second in the concept of the cosmos, Mm -hmm. in the concept of eternity. You're but a flash, Mm -hmm. less than a flash. You're a flicker. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So in that concept, you don't know what your life is comprised of and what it will be. Mm -hmm. You're not old and experienced as much as you think you are. We're not in control like we think we are. Everything that we have or don't have is the preeminence of God. 
That's why it's, he calls us his children. It's We're, his grace. Yeah. His grace is not just the things that he provided to me. It's the things that he kept away from me. Mm-hmm. It's not just the things that he allowed me to experience at my tender age of 35. But it's the things that he shielded me from. That's right. Things that I might have actually wanted and was on my plan. Mm-hmm. Was on my bucket list. And he was like, yeah, if I get you had that, you're going to really kick the bucket. <laughs> but th- this is the thing that we have to understand. Mm-hmm. When we are saying that we believe in God being our Jehovah Jireh, he's more than enough. And yet I want more than enough. <laughs> yep. If we're saying that, then how do we articulate it so that it's real? So that we don't lose our minds. Because we're sitting in church and, and our minds are confused. Subconsciously, our minds are like, you are sending me weird signals, bro. <laughs> You're sending me weird signals because one minute you like, he is more than enough. Then you go into. And you don't act like. You it. go outside and you be like, yo. I um, need this. I need this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm mm-hmm. about to turn 27. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't do nothing I want to do in my life. You you listed so many things. You <laughs> was like, I didn't get to see the world. I didn't make an impact. And God is like, where are you reading from? If if life is a classroom, what syllabus was you reading? <laughs> you, I, I don't know if you purchased the required textbook. And if you studied it. Because life is not your classroom. Right. You you got you understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about to say you guys get it, but there ain't nobody really there. But what well, you are there, you're listening right now. But um, I, I guess I, I got a lost. So I'm in this weird world, this dimension of people existing but not, not existing. existing. Amen. So it, it's it's that thing that we have to understand that this rehearsing of a truth makes that truth that much more real. Mm-hmm. And the minute it becomes real, it becomes the water that feeds our tree. Mm-hmm. And then this source, they look so much different than us, like water and tree, becomes the reason in which we produce a fruit right. that people can reap. Because that's the other thing. Everything that you saying that you wanted was only for you. Yeah. That's wrong to um, to begin with, yeah. Everything that God gives is for somebody else to take. And we like, man, because my birthday coming up too. You sooner than mine. Sooner than you. I done skipped your birthday. <laughs> you just kept mine. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm 36. I didn't do this. My business should be this place. I should be this place. I don't know where my next 36 years are going to be. I ain't even worried about it. Mm-mm. It's not for us. It's an exercise that I have to put myself in continually. And I surround myself with people. And that's probably why I don't have a lot of people around me. But I surround myself with people who are reminding me and affirming me in my faith. Yeah. And keeping away people who drive me back to my humanity. Reality. Mm-hmm. Drive me back to a reality that reminds me of how fleshly I am. Instead of how spiritual I am and how that spirit can command its rule over the flesh. Oh, what am I talking about? What what am I saying? You know, we got to have some situations here. They kind of kind of tie it all together. 
Well, 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. And what does 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 say? Because we almost at the end of our road here. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke, articulated, verbalized as a child. I thought, had opinions, feelings like a child. I reasoned, I interpreted or understood like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish things. Mm-hmm. He, look at what he said. He said that the whole of our minds is what we speak, what we think, and That's how we, we think. Mm-hmm. He said those three things need to grow up. <laughs> yeah. You you know what I would have said to you if you said all of that stuff to up. me in your blog? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't say that. I, I actually sent you some scriptures. All but, right. you know, in, in the scriptures, I'm kind of spiritually saying to you, grow up. Mm-hmm. Grow up. You want to tame your mind? Grow up. You want to get control of your situation that's going on? Grow, grow up. up. Yeah. How do you grow up? You got to be near the water. That's right. Trees don't grow with no water. Grow up. And it's a daily, hourly, secondly thing. Like, I don't <laughs> want people to walk away from this. Like, I heard this message and it's done. No, no you have to. And then that's that's why I want to share this scripture you shared with me, too. Go, go. Luke twenty two thirty two. Jesus said, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So, so Peter had Jesus around him, somebody that prayed for him, someone who didn't just listen to him say all this stuff like how you did me and sent him word in yeah. return. Did your faith not fail? Because when your faith fails, your reality fails. It all crumbles. You crumble back into what? A reality that only produces death. Mm -hmm. That's what this world does. You sit and watch the news. You ain't going to feel great. Nope. Not in your faith. Especially these days. You sit and stare at your bank account. You're not going to feel great. Even if it's a lot of money in there. Let's say it is. Let's say it's like mad zeros in your bank account. The more you meditate and rehearse that, it's going to lend itself to you thinking about this is what I got. This is what I got. This is what I got. How do I keep what I got? Oh, my goodness. Who's trying How to take it? How do I build it? on it? Yeah. How do I build on it? Where can I invest this? Yeah. Wait a minute. Did I spend too much? Oh, no. There's a thousand left and it was less than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. What did I spend that on? Oh, my goodness, I started the year with this, and now it's gone. How did it happen? I didn't know I went to IHOP 32 times. I didn't know I <laughs> <True> blew, <story. laughs> blew $10,000. How did I get into this? How did you get into it when you were only looking at that? How do you look at something and it still disappears in front of you? Simple. You are connecting yourself to things that were never meant to last. Yep. Even when you holding on to it, it's the greatest magic trick. Actually, you can hold on to money only for it to disappear. Mm-hmm. Only for it to disappear. We're in a situation where our job is to now tame our minds by rehearsing the word, meditating on the word so we can grow up and be a benefit to other people. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to encourage you just like I'm encouraging everybody else. You're you're at a young age where There are not a lot of people like you thinking like you. Do you know 
or when you were younger, did you have a 27 year old African-American female who was passionate about the word, passionate about her faith and was trying to help you build up in your faith? Not one. No. When I was a young man running, running around slimmer, (laughs) (laughs) did I have a 36 year old black African-American male? who was passionate, a Christian, a person who kept herself as a virgin. Did I have that as an example in front of me to build my faith and instruct me in the way to be successful, not just on this earth, but beyond this earth? Mm -hmm. No, I did not. So when I look at what I've become, God has allowed me to be something that you didn't have. That I didn't even have. Mm-hmm. Or you never even knew. Or never that even it could thought exist. existed. Yeah. I even sometimes I have to catch myself because I talk about the lack of like I'm not the opposite of. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, there ain't no Christian men out here. Like, <laughs> you are like, yo, yo, that's, that's, you, that's you. Like, <laughs> hello. He allowed me to be what isn't even around me so that I could bless somebody else. He said, Forrest, you, you stood by the water. You've been drinking. You've grown. Don't think about yourself. Think about what you are becoming for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell that to you. Think about what you're becoming for somebody else. Don't think about what you are for you. You'll never be enough for you. Because you ain't supposed to even be existing in the frame of reality that you are from. Mm -hmm. We are here for others. And when you look back at that, when I sit back and I blow the candles out on my cake in about a week, I'm going to be proud of what God has done in my life and how my tree got fruit for people to eat. Amen. Of course, I'm, I don't have all the things that force want, but force voice should be like a whisper these days. Yeah. I, I, God's voice should be like a roaring thunder. And my voice like, hey, ain't, ain't nobody get you no birthday. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Who cares about yeah. who cares about me? It's funny to ask, I ask myself that question, like, who cares about me? The reality of it is no one and someone at the same time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because no one in this reality. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and somebody right now be like, we care about you. <clears throat> yeah, like, <laughs> I understand you care, but who cares about me? Who, soul, who yeah. cares about me in the sense of who knows what to do for me without me ever saying what to do for me? Only God. Only God. Sometimes I need stuff that you, I don't even know what I need. And you going off of what I say. Well, if you don't tell me, how can I do it for you? Yeah, well, exactly. You can't. But I don't, (laughs) you know what I mean? I don't know. But I thank God that he's in my life and what he's provided for me has allowed me to be a growing tree that is producing a fruit that helps the world grow. Do you get what I'm saying? It's it's just exciting. It's exciting that we have to learn to be that tree and appreciate our part in the process. You know how they say, like, you know, the global warming and all this is happening and 
we need more trees to do their job or we're going to work this this earth is going to crumble it's the Why? same thing because in the faith. Yep. because trees matter yep. trees matter real trees matter <laughs> new pocket <laughs> yeah i do a whole nother podcast like get some arborist in here and <laughs> you know celebrate earth day but the tree matters the tree is not what kids want to eat and I was like, go, can you take cool. me to the tree so yeah. I can bite some bark? No. They like, can I pull something from that tree? Can I get an apple? And that's what we're can here I get for. a pear? Can I get a lemon? They want what the tree has. We can't get upset about that. We can't be those Christians who are woe is me. We can't be those Christians. Nobody ever worried about me. Nobody ever think what I need. We got to be the Christian that's like, you know what? They don't have what I need. They don't have what I need. <laughs> Only God does. I don't mind people not giving because you ain't got what I want. That's right. I don't mind people not loving me or liking me because you don't got what I want. You don't got it. But I know who does. And that comes through what? Taming the mind. Shut up and grow up. Simple as that. Another podcast, we are at 41 <laughs> minutes. These are, I could do these all day. I literally, if I had it my way, the podcast would be three hours. <laughs> you would hear Antoinette gathering her things and closing her purse. I can talk about this stuff all day because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm excited. I'm excited about what this even, this platform is holding for people who haven't had an opportunity to encounter someone that God like me that God has created or someone like Antoinette that God has created so reach out to us you can of course ask me at realchurchmatters.com you can go to ask at uh, likewiselife.com likewiselife.com and until next time we're done peace out